uh, coming today and uh, I praise God that um, you are here and you are not out there in the beach or whatever <laughs> but you are here worshiping God and I thank you for that and I praise God for that so I just want to, to go back from two Sundays ago and we, uh, refresh your mind uh, in the book of Acts chapter 19 we talk about Apollos right remember Apollos yep. he was educated in where Alexandria, the, 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 uh, one of the, the best city at the time. And you remember Alexandria is where the Old Testament was translated into Greek, right? Remember that? So, and also, Apollos was edu educated in that city and went to where? To Ephesus, right? So, Ephesus. So, and he started what? Preaching the gospel, right? In the synagogue. So, who was the two person that were listening in his message? Aquila and Priscilla. So, so they saw Apollos preaching the word of God, preaching about Jesus Christ. It was mighty. And they said like, oh, uh, uh, they, they, they knew that he's the man of God. And what was missing is that... Uh, he probably doesn't know a little bit about Christ or probably have forgotten uh, 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 some lesson about Christ. And what Priscilla and Aquila did was they discipled Apollos. They taught Apollos and started to teach him about Christ. And he completely understand Christ uh, and, and his saving grace. So, and after that, he asked for a letter to go to Corinth so that he can be welcomed there. And he preached mightily in that uh, uh, place also, refuting all the, the Jews, the Judaism, and even the teachers in the synagogue, and about how Christ is the real Messiah. And now, the writer shifted back to Paul. Remember last time? He, uh, Luke was writing about Apollos, and now he shifted his writing to Paul, about Paul. And this is what happened in the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 7. And follow me as we read the scripture. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told him. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Into what then were you baptized? He asked them. Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hand on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in other tongues and, and to prophesy. Now there were about twelve in all. For centuries, biblical uh, scholars uh, debated Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 7, about the story or the lesson that was uh, our Luke wrote in that uh, verses. And one book says that, this, this verse is the hardest part to interpret because 
of the nature of the, of the lesson in the story. If you have noticed, you, you hear or you read the Holy Spirit, baptism, laying of the hands, uh, prophesying, and uh, speaking in tongues. So there's a lot of things going on in this verse alone. So, and to other denominations, it becomes a problem because it becomes the sum of the word that was mentioned there, especially the baptism, the laying of the hands, and the Holy Spirit becomes so doctrinal to the, uh, the also become doctrinal statement and part of salvation requirement in their church. And that is the reason why a lot of churches, even in our times, even back in the Philippines, they debate, they actually quarrel on the street about this verse in the Bible. And a lot of Christian churches are divided on this topic. So I hope and pray that today we are not going or we are not going to arrive in that part to divide among ourselves, but to see what is really God is showing us in this verse. You'll see a lot of grace and mercy in this verse alone. We'll see how God worked in the life of Apollos and even to those people that were saved. We will see how God worked and how the Holy Spirit worked in their life. So background in this chapter, verse uh, chapter 19, Paul is in his third missionary journey. He's a very busy person. He travels a lot. If in, a more, in our modern time, he's a jet setter, right? So he always travel. He's not traveling to see beautiful places in their time at the time, but he's busy actually strengthening the church. So that was his ministry. He was traveling to strengthen the church. And a lot of times, he will come to city where there are already believers. So what he will do is that he will preach the gospel and he will strengthen them. And, and now, the story started when Paul met 12 disciples of John. So, and even in this part, Apollos was still mentioned, and we see that Apollos and Paul did not meet. So it's very clear that they did not meet yet, and you'll see that in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, Apollos was mentioned by Paul. And uh, it is very crucial also that the writer wrote Apollos because it is very, uh, Apollos made a very important uh, 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 work in the ministry of God in the life of Corinth people. So, so the story started when Paul met 12 disciples. So, the, you know, sometimes we meet people, right, for the very first time. We don't know them or probably we are having a breakfast in a banana, uh, what do you call that? Uh, banana. Pa banana that uh, no, Starbucks. <laughs> I, I can't remember the name. <laughs> it's probably the nitrile. <laughs> so, so you're having breakfast in the Starbucks, and then some, and you, you you met this this person for the very first time, you know, and then then, then then you started talking. But here the story is very different. When Paul met these twelve disciples, uh, these, these, these disciples. And the very first time that he did, 
that when he found uh, these disciples, the very first time that he did was he asked them a question. He asked them a question. And the question was this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It is a very peculiar question for for a person, for, for, for especially for me, because he just met them. I, my question is, I want you to be honest with yourself. Are you going to ask this question to a person that you just have met? No. Even myself, I won't ask that question. <laughs> right? But Paul asked them this question. And this made me ask myself, why will he ask this kind of question? What made Paul prompted to ask the question that is so peculiar, that is so direct? And for us, probably, it is some kind of disrespectful, right? Because it's, it's like, hey, I don't know you. What's your, 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 your questioning, your form of questioning? I don't know you. But Paul actually asked this question. And you know Paul, he's very direct, he's very passionate when it comes to the Word of God. And you will see that in his writing. You know, sometimes when I read the, his, his writing in the book of, in the epistles writing, you will see that, you know, I, you know that he's very angry because of a certain sin. That, you know, if I'm going to translate it, it's very upsetting for Paul, but, you know, but, but anyway, we'll see the character of Paul here. Nowadays, we don't ask direct questions to people that we just met, right? Even to the people that we know, our relatives, am I right? Because we want to respect them. We want to, we don't want to, to offend them, am I right? But what if you saw, who has a uh, Facebook here? Can you, can you raise your hand? Facebook, you have Facebook, Snapchat. You know, the Snapchat where all the illegal activities are being caught. <laughs> they, they put a, a video in there. But well, anyway, I'm just, I'm just joking, it's a joke. Uh, uh, Instagram, is there anyone on Instagram here? Yeah. I think... Uh, Friendster, who has Friendster here? <laughs> that's an old one. Okay, yeah, that's an old one. Well, how old are? Yeah, it looks. You know, it feels like we are old already. You know, because Friendster is gone and Facebook is is very famous. But this is what happened. You know, what if you saw someone, a friend of yours, or a family of yours, posted praise God. Praise God. It's like that. What are you going to do? Like. Like, right? Like. Is there a dislike in Facebook? No, no, there's no dislike. You, you, you like or, or you, you send him or her an emeticon with a, a heart shape or something like that, right? But we never dare to ask the question, why? Or if you saw someone in your friend list, or a relative of yours posted a verse in the Bible, like John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The first thing that we will do is like that verse, and after that, scroll down. 
Am I right? But we never dared ask the person, do you understand the verse that you posted? Because for us, that kind of question is so direct. And it's so disrespectful and it is offending. But what if that question will make that person open his mind and ask question about the verse or about the statement that he <coughs> or she posted? What if? What if God used your questioning to that person and that person got saved because you asked a question? Church, the truth about the Bible, the lesson of the lesson about the Bible is it's not easy. It's not like what Pastor Brett mentioned last Sunday. It's not about comfort. It's not about comfort. Were you comforted or were you comfortable when you heard the Bible for the very first time? Especially when you heard about hell, about your sin? No, it's not comforting. But we, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we realize that we need a Savior. And because of that, because of that truth, because of that, the question of that person that God sent in your life made you think, oh yeah, he is right, she is right, the Bible is right. Why did I not, why did I miss that part in the Bible? So when Paul asked the question, he was not being, or he was not being disrespectful, but he was digging deeper to the disciples that he found. I don't know what the disciples were doing that prompted Paul to ask that question. Probably they were praying like we do, or probably they were praising Christ, probably they were raising their, their hands and worshiping God. And then Paul said, like, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we, we, we don't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You know, now two, two lessons that I've learned here. If they are Christian, if they are Christian, they could have probably, and for surely they have heard about the Holy Spirit. Because this is the thing in the Christian world at the time, the Holy Spirit, the Pentecost. It just happened. And a lot of believers are starting to change their lives because of the Holy Spirit. Remember Simon? Not Simon, Peter. Simon who wanted to buy the Holy Spirit? It was the, the thing at that time. A lot of people were talking about it. And they haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And probably, probably, let's give them a benefit of the doubt. Probably they were like those Samaritan people. And we're going to talk about them later on. They're probably the Samaritan people in chapter 8. That they have received the Holy Spirit after Peter and John laid their hands on them. We'll talk about that later. Probably they, they are the late bloomers of the Christian world. 
So Pete, uh, Paul wanted to know more about them. He asked this question again. Oh no! Uh, before that, he before he asked the question. Let me share to you that if they are Christian, they would, could have yeah, they could have re uh, heard about the Holy Spirit. And if they were Jews, they probably know that Judaism also teach about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. They call it Ruach Hakodesh. Kodesh. Am I, am I right, Pastor Brett, uh, with that? Uh, I'm, I'm having a problem with my uh, a pronunciation with my Hebrew, you know, with, like, with the guttural and everything. And Ruach uh, HaKodesh, which means the Spirit of God. The Jews are actually know about the Spirit of God. And when they answered Paul, they said, they, we haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. Oh, there's something wrong in this statement, right? There's something wrong with these disciples. And then Paul asked them, oh yeah, by the way, they were uh, John, the John the Baptist uh, uh, disciple. So even John the Baptist himself thought about the Holy Spirit. So if they were really listening to the preaching of John the Baptist, they could have learned that the Lord Jesus Christ will baptize them and he mentioned the Holy Spirit. So oh, there's something wrong with the statement. So when, when, when Apostle Paul learned that they don't know about the Holy Spirit, he asked another question. Into what then were you baptized? Into what then were you baptized? So as if Paul was stressing the point that you don't have the Holy Spirit because you are not baptized. Because the way they answered is that they were baptized into John's baptism. So as if Paul was trying to say, that, you know what? You were not baptized because oh, you, were not, you don't have the Holy Spirit because you were not baptized. Is that the point of Paul here? But a lot of Christians, a lot of, a lot of churches even in our time, believe that through baptism, if you were baptized, you will receive the Holy Spirit. A lot of churches believe in that uh, theology, in that doctrine. They miss the point here. When Apostle Paul asked the question a while ago, the first question, did you receive the Holy Spirit? What? When you believed. And all throughout the book of Acts, if you are going to read again from chapter 1 up to chapter 22, you will see the conversion process of a person, of a Christian, is always like this. They will believe, repent, and the Holy Spirit will come upon them. Upon them. And that they, in, throughout their, because of their obedience to Christ, they got that is the process. But a lot of Christians believe that through baptism, you will receive the Holy Spirit. It is as if baptism is the final ingredient to your salvation. Church, that's not what the Bible is teaching. This is what the Bible is teaching. When you, re when you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit 
came down to your life. End of story. You don't need to, to complete your salvation through baptism. Why baptize them? It's because of the, like what I thought uh, Brother Emmy and one, it is because the Lord's command. You have to obey the Lord Jesus Christ through baptism. And when you are baptized, there were two couples last yesterday, when we are doing the baptism, there were couples in that area. I was like, we're making fun of, 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 of the, the situation because I think they were so serious at that time. And, and, and it's like, you know, and then suddenly a group of people came from nowhere. <laughs> And then I was like, well, what's happening here? You know? Mm -hmm. And then they, they saw Brother Emmy's baptism. Like what I said last Sunday, your baptism publicly, if you do your baptism publicly, you know what? You are actually sharing Christ. That makes them curious. What is he doing? Why is he getting baptized? You are actually indirectly sharing Christ. But church, if you are not baptized yet, I encourage you to obey Christ. So when Paul asked the question, into what then were you baptized? In order for us to, 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 to understand the word baptism, why is it so popular at the time? The Jewish people have this tradition in their life, you know, Judaism tradition. Remember, Paul is a Jew, and he was a Pharisee, and he said that he, what, followed the strictest tradition of the Pharisee. So, if he is the Pharisee, he's more than that, because he followed the strictest tradition. So, Paul knows about these things. So, Paul knows about the tradition. And remember, Paul... He is well known uh, or well versed when it comes to the Old Testament, right? He knows the Old Testament. So when he asked baptism, he's not asking in or in, 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 in or he's not asking because he's out of knowledge about that, but he was trying to dig deeper what kind of baptism that they received. So these people answered, we were baptized through John the Baptist. So, in order for us to, to understand the word baptized, there are three kinds of baptism in, in, in the Bible. Or, actually, uh, the first one is the mikvah. It's, it is a ritual cleansing done by the Jews. So, you know, before they, a lot of them, before they go to, to the temple, they will wash themselves to the Jordan River or... To, this, to the cisterns that they have made during that time. So the mikvah, it's a, 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 a tradition, it's their tradition in ritual cleansing. But I think in nowadays, uh, the mikvah, they, you know, when, when a, a, a female or a woman have their monthly visitor, so they are not allowed to touch anything. And after the monthly, their, their, the monthly visitor left them, you know what they're gonna do? They're, gonna do, they're, gonna, they're going to perform the mikvah uh, ritual. And then and only then their husband can touch them or that they can touch some uh, uh, material or anything in their house. 
So it's a rich, uh, ritual cleansing. And John the Baptist, or John baptism, is baptism of repentance. So you remember when, when Paul, uh, so when, 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 uh, when, when John the Baptist was proclaiming about the Lord Jesus Christ, he told them, someone asked him, who are you? Why are you baptizing? You remember that question? So he said, I am baptizing because our, our, the, the ministry of John the Baptist actually to prepare the, the way of God, the way of our Lord Jesus Christ. To declare that the Messiah has already here. The Messiah has already here. So repent and be baptized. So that's what the, the message of, of, of John the Baptist. So a lot of people thinking that he was the prophet or he was the Messiah, they performed the, or in their mind and in their heart, they performed the mikvah baptism. So a lot of John the Baptist disciples didn't actually understand why John was baptizing. So when these disciples answered him, hey, we were baptized through John's disciple, Paul knew that they did not understood why John the Baptist was baptizing. So the third baptism is that believer's baptism. Why? Because God commanded this baptism. Matthew 28, the Lord says, what? go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so this is, that, that's the, the, the three baptisms in the Bible. So now, so when Paul asked them about baptism, Paul, if I were Paul, and the first answer alone is not right, you know what I will do? I'll bring the gospel track and open the Bible and share the gospel. That's what I'm going to do. But Paul was so patient. He asked the second question, and this is what he said. And when he actually got the whole point, there, where they are standing when it comes to Christ, this is what he said. He knew how to address their faith. He knew how he will go, he will share, the, how he will share the gospel to these 12 people. Paul said, John baptized with baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him. That is in Jesus. Was Paul correct on this statement? He was. Because even in John chapter 1, verse 29 and 30, the Lord, excuse me, John himself said this one. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, he is, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Paul was right about the Lord Jesus Christ, about John's uh, message. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, 
there will be time in our lives, you know, people in our lives, that we will see or hear, praise God, hallelujah, amen, or even bring the Bible, or even read the Bible, or even go to church. I know you know someone, but have you ever asked them, or have you ever asked yourself, do they really know Christ? <clears throat> do they really understand the salvation that Christ is offering? So in order for you to complete that incomplete picture in your mind, you have to ask the question. You have to ask the question. It's not because the person is having hallelujah, amen, praise God all the time. It means that he is a Christian. I've heard a lot of stories, personal stories by husband, by wife, that their husband says praise God, hallelujah in the church, but when it comes to their own home, the person becomes a monster. It's not because that person says, Amen, about Jesus Christ is a Christian. You have to ask the question. Probably you have to ask the question, how come did you, or, or in what way did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ? When did you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? If I'm going to ask that question to you right now, when did, when did you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Some of you might not remember the time. Some of you might not remember the date. But you are sure that you received Christ. But if the answer is, I don't know, since when I started attending GGCF, have to ask the question yourself. Hey, did I really receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? Because I can't even remember my conversion. I can't even remember when I received Christ. Who shared Christ in my life? And if you look back to your life, if there's really change in your life, and even to, the, to your standpoints in life, is it really biblical or not? If it's not, then there is something wrong to the, uh, to, the, to the Savior that you have received. We can say, oh, Lord, Lord. We can say, yes, Lord. But whose Lord you are referring to? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ or is it the Lord of the world? have to ask yourself and there should be when you believe you will have a holy the Holy Spirit and you will have a change of life and your point of view and your foundation will be aligned biblically lastly so when they received the Lord Jesus Christ and they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Paul had laid his hand on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in other tongues and to prophesy. This is where 
the church really having a hard time, or even uh, the, the, the people, the Christians, are having a hard time. They asked, they received the Holy Spirit because Paul laid, on them, laid hands on them. Church, that is not the point here. All throughout the book of Acts, there are only two instances when the apostles laid their hands and received the Holy Spirit. First one is in the book of Acts chapter 8, where the Samaritans, remember when Philip preached in, Sam in Samaria, and the Samaritan people received Christ, and they haven't received the Holy Spirit. Why? This is the reason that I saw. Because when I was reading and searching about this, even the biblical scholars, they're having different uh, <clears throat> understanding here. But this is what God revealed to me. When the Lord Jesus, when, when God holds the Holy Spirit in Samaria, it is because he wants to teach his disciples, his apostles, that salvation belongs not only to the Jew. You remember how they hated some uh, Samaritan people? Who went there in chapter 8? Peter and what? John. The apostles of Christ. And they saw that their cousins <clears throat> receiving Christ and even the Holy Spirit. What was the promise of, God, of the Lord Jesus Christ? That salvation will also be proclaimed even to or even to the people that are not Jews. When Peter and Paul's, uh, when Peter and John saw this, I was like, wow, it is true. That is not only for the Jews. If the half Jews will receive the Lord Jesus Christ, this is it. This is the true salvation. But you know what? In chapter 10, you will see the house of Cornelius. Cornelius is not a half Jew. He's a Gentile, 100%. When they believe the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter saw salvation is indeed to those who believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter. Why Paul? Because during at this time, there are question, questions, there are doubts if he is really an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people, even in, in, in his writing in 1 Corinthians, they are divided. Some says, I'm from Apollo, I'm, I'm of Apollos, I'm of, uh, of, of Christ, I'm of Peter, I'm of Paul. They are divided. And when God allowed Paul to perform these miraculous things, when he laid his hand to these 12 disciples, to these 12 men, people around them saw that he is indeed an apostle of Christ. Why? Because when people saw that, he is equal with authority with Peter. And there is no special doctrinal statement here that we need to debate. The point here is this church. The Holy Spirit 
is working in the life of every believer, or of those who will believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, the point here, church, is that God is the one who saved, not Paul, not Peter, not John, not the pastor, not Pastor Ben, Pastor Chris, or Pastor Ken. Not us. It is God. So in conclusion, church, in conclusion is this. Christ is the message of the gospel. He is. It's not your life. It's not my life. Christ is the message of the gospel. So whenever we talk, whenever we proclaim the message, we point the person, that person, to Christ. We don't point them to GGCF. We don't point them to bigger church. No, we point them to Christ. Second is that the Holy Spirit is the mark of our salvation. The Holy Spirit is not something that I can give to you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you the moment you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I cannot take that away from you. Even though you hear me sometimes that I, hey, because you did that, I'm going to remove your salvation. It's just a joke. I can't remove your salvation. Because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in your life. Now is the question. Are you living under the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you living under the power of the Holy Spirit? Because if you are living under the power of the Holy Spirit, then and then you will obey Christ. That if you live under the power of the Holy Spirit, then you will share Christ because you received Christ also. If you live under the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not living under the control of yourself. I remember, and I will close in this verse, in Joshua 24, verse 15, a very famous verse, right? The, the verse of, of, of families around the world. That he said that me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But most of the time, we forget that in order for you to serve God, in order for you to believe God, you always need to start in verse 14. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. The reason you are not, and a lot of Christians, are not living under the power of the Holy Spirit is because the fear of the Lord is not in their heart. It is the flesh of the Lord that is controlling the heart of that person. Church, remember this. Christ is the message of the gospel. 
and the Holy Spirit is the mark of your salvation. Let us pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, O God, for this day. Thank you, O Lord, for giving us this opportunity to just see you. See your wonderful work in the life of those people in chapter 19, O oh God. Father God, it's not Paul who did those miracle things. It's, it was not Paul who made those people change their heart. It was you, O oh God. Because the message, his message is about Christ. About the salvation that you have given to those people that you, O oh Lord, have saved. Father God, today, O oh Lord, if your people who are here today are claiming, Father God, that they have received that Holy Spirit in their lives, I pray, Father God, that they will live under the power of that Holy Spirit, Father God. Because that is what you want us to do, Lord. To believe and to die for ourselves and to live in Christ, Father God. And if you are still doubting of your salvation, if you don't know where you are going, I encourage you today. Today is the best day for you to receive Christ. Today is the best day for you to entrust your life to Christ. You don't know when your life will end. But how about having eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ? Father God, I pray for that person. I pray for that person that today he or she will receive Christ. And thank you, Father God, for your people. And thank you for this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.